Hello, fun people. I'm Isaac Carlson, and on Following Dreams, I'm focused on exploring the stories of people who are following their passions and achieving their dreams. I want to help inspire you to pursue what you love by hearing how others have done it. This is my video interview podcast series, which means if you want, you can listen to the audio version, actually along with all of my content on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. In the realm of video, I've got Watso videos, and in the audio realm, we have Watso Radio. And if you enjoy what the series is doing, then consider reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Today, we're speaking to a man who has taken on the Disney College program, has competed in the Disney Imaginations competition, and even became an Imagineer through an internship with the Walt Disney Imagineering, or WDI, in Florida. Today, he's a travel agent, makes frequent appearances on his wife's TikTok, at Colleen Lepp, is a visual storyteller at Brand Voice, and has his own business that has allowed him to continue to work with Disney. To see everything he's working on, I'll leave links down below. Welcome, Joshua Leppert. Woo! I love the introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you having me, and hello, everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to be able to speak to you today. Um as we mentioned a little bit beforehand, it's so super cool to see a bunch of new faces in the Disney realm through TikTok and everything. And it, it was so cool to hear that you and your wife both have actually worked at Disney and live in Florida. So it's super cool to hear your perspective on uh, being amongst the magic at Disney. Yeah, absolutely. TikTok has been a very, very fun place. Disney TikTok specifically <laughs> is is a very, very fun place to be. But yeah, uh, we we met at Disney. Uh, we both got our start in the basic professional world at Disney, and yeah, uh, our lives revolve around Disney. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that ties in well with the first question that I always like to ask is. What are you passionate about? What does everything you do connect together? How how are you excited about everything that you do? Sure. Um, two phases to that question for me, at least. Uh, I've always been passionate about storytelling. And I've been passionate about storytelling since, oh, goodness, since I was three or four, um, where I got a hold of my dad's uh, video camcorder one day and just started running around the house with it, making making little movies here and there. And they, mm -hmm. they would get more professional as we would go along. Uh, made my first YouTube channel when I was like six or seven, something like that. I was really young. Um, and we got started making little mini movies that way. And then they started getting more and more professional, higher budgets, You know, learned a little bit more about editing along the way. Um, so storytelling has always been a big part of my life and it's grown into that professional sector. Um, to tie in Disney with that, I've always also been passionate about optimism, just in a general sense. And where optimism and storytelling coincide, you get the Walt Disney Company. It's just all about happiness and storytelling when you're in the parks, watching the movies, um, really anything like that. So it was kind of a match made in heaven for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like as I get older, it's something that I can continue to come back to as like a philosophy, even though it's it's might be a oversimplification of the world. It's a it's an idealistic view of the world, and I feel like it is something to strive for at the very least and gets me really excited. <laughs> Absolutely. You and millions of other people. That's why it's so popular. <laughs> mhm. Mm so what was it like growing up for you? And at what point did you become connected to Disney? 
Uh, my first connection to Disney, I believe, um, I was thinking about this a couple days ago. I, I think my first real connection to Disney was the first time I watched Toy Story. And me being so interested uh, in, at that time, computer animation, again, when I was very, very young um, and had just started making little mini movies with my dad's camcorder, um, I started sort of thinking, well, who actually makes these? Uh, how do you get to do this for a living? It's very, very interesting. Obviously, I was way too young at that point to get the full gravitas of how to become <laughs> an animator or a filmmaker. Uh, mm -hmm. It was just kind of interesting to see, oh my gosh, these people do this for a job. Like my dad is a doctor and my mom is a fitness trainer. These people actually get paid to make the movies that I watch. Um, so that was my first real connection to Disney. And that's what got me interested in the company itself. Uh, and then obviously through family vacations and more research after watching those movies, we learned that there was a whole theme park conglomerate side to the Disney company. <laughs> uh, and when I was five, we took our first trip to Walt Disney World and we literally went back every year since up until the point where I went to college, started college in, um, in late 2014. So that mm -hmm. was, that was the last time we, uh, that, that was our last full family vacation with Disney, but mm, that was at the time where my Disney journey was kind of just starting. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like college is really when things get complicated because everyone starts to kind of like split off and everything. It's difficult to come back together for a duration of time. That's not around like J term or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, that's super cool. Yeah. Because of course that was just, the introduction to getting into Disney just led you down a completely interesting path. Mm. And that kind of began, it seemed like from what I found out through LinkedIn and through your TikTok and everything kind of began with deciding to study media information and film. So how did you choose to begin studying that? Did you choose a school and discover that? Or did you know that was something you wanted to pursue? I knew that was something I wanted to pursue for quite a while. I had mm -hmm. I had my mindset on actually going to school and trying to study filmmaking to become a filmmaker or a television producer, something along those lines, um, at about seventh grade or so. Um, I went to a very, very small school district in rural South Central Michigan, and uh, there wasn't a lot of budget for, for example, I, I hear all of, uh, a lot of my college friends who went to high schools with, you know, dozens of AP classes to choose from, dozens of advanced placement classes. And mm -hmm. we had like literature, language, calculus, and history. And that was kind of it for our AP class selection. So I graduated with about 114 kids in my class compared to several thousand that some people can have. Um, and seventh grade was our first opportunity to have any sort of media class. And it was a little Friday afternoon production that we put on for the entire school. Um, and I sort of kind of de facto became the leader of that class when it was kind of a, a blow off class for a lot of kids. And I started to try and get other people interested in making little vignettes, putting on a little production. Um, and leading a team to try and copy the interest that I had for film, television, and general media production uh, was very, very thrilling to me. I was like, oh, okay, this has to kind of be my career. So my career path just kind of stemmed off from there in the sense that 
I never really wanted to do anything else with my time. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that continued on through high school where I got an internship at our local television station. I was their only intern. Well, I was their first intern, I believe, uh, or at least the first one that they had had in at least a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was very fun. And it opened a whole lot of doors for me. It got me to put media and information or media production on my resume and on my LinkedIn, obviously. So a lot more people could see what it is that I wanted to do or have done. And then it was just looking at colleges at that point. But yeah, it was it was decided at an early age. Sure, sure. And that's cool that even though you didn't have a lot of opportunities in your school that you kind of began to create them for the for yourself of going to one of the few media places you could work and start getting involved and doing that. Yeah, that's that's really cool that you went down that path and went down it intently. <laughs> it's actually kind of interesting you mentioned that a little bit more because now, now that I remember more of the story, um, it was kind of a job shadow program that we had at my high school. Mm-hmm. And most of the locations for the job shadowing were local right around the high school. It was a few doctor's offices, um, chiropractic places. Um, we I went or um, I went to school in Brooklyn, Michigan, at Columbia Central High School. Mm-hmm. Um, those who know Brooklyn, Michigan, or are fans of NASCAR, uh, know that that's where the Michigan International Speedway is. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not a NASCAR fan, but just to give people <laughs> a general sense of where I'm from, um, and there were a lot of job shadows there as well, just in kind of like game day operations and and a big event operations, but there were zero media. So I asked my school counselor, are there any ways that I could possibly try and reach out to companies who have never done this program before uh, just to see if they would be willing to take on a job shadow person? Uh, And that was when we both kind of settled on JTV, um, Jackson Television, our local television station, the only one in like a 30 to 40 mile radius. Mm. Um, And they were absolutely willing to take me on, not just as a job shadow for one day, but as an unpaid intern for, I was there for two years, so. Wow, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, you got a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That was that's a similar experience. Like, I grew up in a, a town that I only realized as I got older that it was, like, much more industrial-focused. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize, like, how like more low income the town actually was until like after I was done with high school. So it's like, absolutely. Yeah. You don't really realize the opportunities that some people have. You just kind of have to work in the, the framework that you exist within. For sure. Mm-hmm. So what was the process like to get involved in school and eventually decide that you wanted to join the Disney college program for you. And could you describe what you did when you got there? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, there were a couple different options for me in going to college. Um, I got accepted to university of Southern California's cinematic arts program or the school of cinematic arts out there. I was accepted to New York university's Tisch school of the arts. Um, those were both for film and television production. Um, and I only applied to two more schools. Uh, one was George Mason university because I did a week long seminar at George Mason when I was a sophomore in high school, actually for journalism, um, 
little bit different, but uh, they accepted my uh, application there. Uh, and then Michigan State University, just because I had always been a fan of Michigan State, uh, especially in their athletic department. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was also my dad's alma mater. So we were just kind of a Michigan State family. And I thought, yeah, let's let's put in our application here. Not expecting much to come out of it because I yeah. was so set on USC and NYU to begin with. Um, but then I found out how much college costs. So so that was a big factor. Um, Out-of-state tuition at NYU and USC were unfortunately just way out of budget for me. Um, So I did decide to stay home. And I did a lot more research about Michigan State's um, media and information program, which did have a film and television production side to it, uh, as well as game design, uh, journalism, communications, and public relations. Um, But I I did more digging into their film and television production side, and they are one of the best, or at least I thought at the time, one of the best uh, film schools to go to, at least in the Midwest. Uh, mm. behind schools like Northwestern in Chicago, just because you're kind of centered around a big city. Um, but yeah, uh, you think of the quintessential film schools, you're thinking of the big production cities on both the East and the West Coast. You don't so much think of eh, kind of, you know, 90 miles away from Detroit, Michigan. You don't really <laughs> think about that. Um, and my four years at Michigan State were absolutely fantastic. I don't think I could have gotten a better film and television production education at any other school. Um, my experience was phenomenal. The faculty was great. We have faculty um, that are MSU alums that have worked in Hollywood and New York City for many, many, many years. Um, and even in Atlanta, which is an up-and-coming film production city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was on that track. And my sophomore year, uh, I needed a couple internship credits, or I thought I needed a couple internship credits just to kind of get my foot into the professional sector, kind of Mm -hmm. decide, okay, what actually am I going to do after school? Um, And I thought Disney would be a perfect way to try and get my foot in the door to the company just because of their television studio, their film studio, uh, animation department, um, still a big fan of Pixar at that time. Uh, after the Lucasfilm acquisition, maybe I'd go work up in Amityville with uh, with Lucasfilm. There were a whole bunch of different options, but I was like, okay, I need to start getting in touch with people at the Disney company. So kind of, it was on a whim one day when I went to go ask about internships um, at my uh, my college. And as I was walking through the hall, I saw a big purple flyer just on one of the walls. And that's where I saw the Disney name. And I was like, Oh, I've heard about people who've done the college program, but Mm -hmm. I don't really know if it's right for me just because you're working in the theme parks. You don't get to choose what you're doing. So Michigan State had a little bit of trouble after discussing um, if I was going to do the college program or not, whether I would get the credits that I paid for to do the internship program transferred back because they wanted my internship to obviously be something video production related. Uh, and if you were going down on the college program, you're working in a theme park, theme park. So obviously those credits weren't going to transfer, uh, unless I went through a different school, which is what I did. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, my grants, uh, my credits transferred through central Michigan university. Um, and I was able to come down on the college program just to kind of, I thought, get my foot in the door. Uh, and when I was down here for the six months that I was down here on my DCP, I decided that I was going to tailor 
my education into less of film and television production and more video production specific to theme parks just because mm. I was down here and there was all that kind of reminiscing and um, flashback and nostalgia about all the times that me and my family went on vacation to the theme parks. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I care about Disney more so in this aspect than I do for the media production aspect in film and television. Mm-hmm. And that was a weird realization for me. Yeah. Uh, but that was the realization that I made just because I loved the theme parks so dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, wa- yeah. so you wanted to capture the theme parks more than you wanted to create new properties for Disney. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or, or help expand on the theme parks, help, yes. help tell the theme park story and, and keep their legacy. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's, I feel like that's such a, especially being like on YouTube and being in the social media world, that's such a, like an interesting debate to like wrestle with of like yep. what what side do you want to be in the video realm because it it seems so big and vast and you eventually have to like start deciding what places you want to take yourself oh yeah so many mm-hmm. different little niche areas that you can <laughs> choose from it's just finding which one that is mm-hmm. yeah so so once you got down there um, and started working for the Disney College program. What was your role? Could you describe what that was like? You got it. So um, I came down and my parents checked me in, or at least I checked myself in with my parents and said goodbye to them. Mm-hmm. Learned my role was in transportation, which I thought was kind of cool uh, just because I was a fan of the monorails. Um, uh, I was always a huge fan of the monorails at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, okay, transportation means that I get to kind of switch off on all these different roles, drive the boats, uh, do a bus greeting, uh, drive the monorails or be a platform greeter, something along those lines. Um, and I found out that I was only going to be a bus greeter, which was, eh, okay, I that's still fine. Little mm-hmm. did I know that, and I'm a little bit biased on this, but... Uh, I would have the best Disney College program role that I think exists ever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for people who aren't um, aware of what bus greeting is, um, I had the job of from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m., a six-hour job um, of trying to get people from the resort hotels to the parks on the buses safely. Uh, and we had an ongoing program and project at that time of tracking the buses, writing down their four number numbers as they came through, um, seeing where they were going and telling the dispatcher and giving them all that data just to see if there were any buses that were coming later than every 20 minutes, because that's a problem, or if we were sending too many buses to a certain resort and that needed to go elsewhere just for guest flow. Um, and that project actually became all of the television monitors that you see on uh, the resort bus stops showing which times that the buses are going to come in. Your next bus will be here at blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was our project, just kind of nailing down the logistics for what that was going to look like. Sure. Um, and I worked at every resort on property. Uh, doing that because we could switch around to different properties um, every day on the job, basically. Nice. And yeah, that, that was six hours straight until noon. Once we got out of work, 
um, because we were not working eight hours. We didn't get a lunch break. So we were just kind of just sent home as soon as we came back from our resort. And then we had the rest of the day to ourselves to play. <laughs> so that was awesome. And because of that, I used the rest of my day and normal people would be working till five or later uh, just because of not all the nine to five jobs that people do have at Walt Disney Company, mm-hmm. uh, I would be from noon to five trying to do professional networking. I would get home and my my professional day wouldn't end even though I stopped bus greeting at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I connected with as many people as I could on LinkedIn, made as many friends as I possibly could in other roles in the company. Um, and I did that for probably four months straight until they liked me so much that they wanted me to extend my college program. So I extended from spring of 2016 over the summer of 2016 in monorails. So I finally did get to do my monorail portion, <laughs> which was which was awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for, for six straight months, I was kind of networking and just trying to meet as many people in creative jobs in Florida for Disney as I possibly could, which helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. What? How did you go about... Um reaching out to those people and what did you learn about attempting to network with people, especially through LinkedIn, because that's such a accessible way to be able to connect with people so high up in the, so like the bureaucracy of different companies. Yeah. Um, and I, I get this question a lot and my favorite answer to this question, or, or at least my favorite way to start out my answer is no matter what job that you're doing, if you don't have a LinkedIn you need to make one. No mm-hmm. matter what job you have in the universe, uh, make a LinkedIn, absolutely. Uh, and put all of your accomplishments on it and everything that you're doing. Um, but it's it was easy for me, especially with dealing with people in the Disney company, because Walt Disney World is the happiest place on earth, and about 99% of the cast members they interact with are just more optimistic than you are. Um, <laughs> it's it's incredible, the the level of happiness and want to help nature that cast members display in the Walt Disney Company. Um, But for that reason, reaching out to people who were above you in the Disney Company on LinkedIn was so, so easy. Mm -hmm. Just because uh, as long as you were able to personalize your message in trying to connect with another person, say, hi, my name is Josh Leppert. I'm an aspiring Imagineer. I'm studying videography at Michigan State University. I was wondering maybe if we'd be able to chat a little bit about your experience and your stories of um, working for the Walt Disney Company. And a good 95% of the time, they would come back and say, yeah, let's meet for coffee this week. Are you on the college program right now? What days off do you have? That kind of thing. That Mm -hmm. happened about eight or nine different times. And if we couldn't meet in person, then we just chatted over LinkedIn. So always personalize wow. your invite, always personalize mm-hmm. your invite, just so people know what you're, where you're coming from, uh, what it exactly it is that you want from them, um, and so on and so forth. But yeah, um, I, I had Starbucks dates with uh, <laughs> a, couple, a couple Imagineers on my college program, a couple people in the Yellow Shoes creative group, uh, which is Disney's internal advertising agency that works out of celebration, um, and a couple other people in entertainment roles, Disney Parks Live Entertainment for all of the stage shows on property and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that sounds exciting. That mm-hmm. like that sounds like such a a fun way to experience Disney throughout yeah. those six months. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very very surreal once I got 
the uh, the idea of what it is I was going to be doing. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll still go to the theme parks and have fun because of my free self-admission pass, obviously, but yep. that's really not what this is about. I'm still kind of enrolled in my college, so I kind of need to make that worth my while. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So for people who are interested in becoming cast members, um, is that the best way to ensure that you're maximizing your time as a Disney college program attendee is to try and to connect with as many people as they can? I'd think so. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the best way that I was able to earn credit back through my university or through Central Michigan to transfer back to Michigan State um, Mm -hmm. was to uh, go through some Disney uh, seminars that they put on. Um, So whether it was before your shift or after your shift, one or two days a week, they would put on these little leadership classes uh, that you could go through taught by people elsewhere in the Disney company. Uh, And I got to do three or four of those during during my entire six months. And they were like an hour each, something like that. So it didn't take too much of your time, but uh, they were chock full of information. It was like you were going to Disney University, Mm -hmm. uh, which which was which was awesome. And I think you can only get that experience if you are on the college program because they, or at least they did them at, um, at the college program housing apartment complexes. And I assume once the college program comes back, um, with the new, uh, new buildings at Flamingo crossings over on Western way that they'll do the same thing over there. Um, but yeah, that's where all the classrooms were. We're at, uh, I believe either the commons or Chatham square, over right by uh, Disney Springs there. But yeah, um, and that was kind of how you could ensure that you were networking with some of the people that you wanted to network with. And uh, that person who was facilitating the class would absolutely be willing to uh, connect you with other people uh, mm-hmm. if that wasn't the exact role that you were looking to try and emulate with your uh, with your career path. But that was that was how I got my first connection, and that was very early on. I got there like January 18th, and my first class was around February 1st. Um, so I learned from very, very early on on the college program that this was kind of how you had to do it to maximize your pro- professional potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so once you decided that this was something that you were interested in doing— and being involved at Disney. Is that what led you to decide to be a part of the Disney imaginations competition? How did you get involved in that? I never heard about that until I learned about you. So could you describe that and and what your submission was? Yeah. I sure wild enough. Like I've, Oh, I've always been interested in, in Disney and be like in imaginary animation and everything. But I never gotten that deep to learn about this competition. So I thought it was like, wow, I, I can't believe it completely went past me. Sure. Uh, so I always learned about Imagineering um, through Disney lore and Disney history, especially on past vacations to the theme parks. You mm-hmm. just, okay, who who were the filmmakers who made Toy Story, the first film that I ever watched? Now I'm at the theme parks. Who exactly creates all of this? So that's how I learned about Imagineering and what that division was. Um, so once I was done with my college program and went back to Michigan state for the rest of my, uh, school, um, I, I definitely didn't lose the Disney bug. That was just 
kind of the time period where you're like, wow, I really miss being back in Orlando. <laughs> that was such a fun time. Uh, working for Disney was awesome. I really want to do it again someday. Well, I'm done with school in two years. Let's see if I can do it again in some other capacity. Um, and really, everybody who has fun on the college program or has an affinity for Disney has that same feeling. I really didn't want my college program to end, that kind of thing. I want mm -hmm. to work for this company full time. Um, so I was no stranger to that, obviously, and I tailored my videography from that point on as soon as I got back to Michigan from Florida in August of 2016 um, to try and see what kind of videography opportunities there were, at least in Florida, just for the Disney company. What, what can you do with a camera for the Disney company um, that wasn't necessarily photo pass inside the parks? Because I'm a video guy, not a still still guy. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, very important <laughs> distinction there. But um, I, at that point in time, uh, all the connections that they, I had made on LinkedIn were very, very helpful in putting out APBs about the themed entertainment industry. Uh, and that's kind of how I learned about the Imaginations program, just because there were several Imagineers at that time promoting that submissions were starting to go out or the prompt was to go out on the Imaginations competition. And I, like you at that point in time, had no clue what it was. Mm -hmm. So I did a little bit more research, I learned that it was a program that's been going on for college kids to try and get into Imagineering for the last, oh boy, six, seven years or so, maybe even longer. I, I don't know exact dates, but it had been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, okay, what exactly does this do? What have people who have graduated that program gone on to do? And a lot of them are Imagineers today. So I was like, okay, time to change my <laughs> whole trajectory here um, and start learning about how exactly I could do video for Imagineering. And I don't know why it took this long. I just wasn't thinking about it as critically as I should have. But every ride uh, that is a media ride at Walt Disney World that you're being shown a video for, somebody who was at least a contractor or worked for the Disney company had a video camera and had to go film that. And uh, my experience, uh, my first time I realized that was Soren. And you look at Soren, it's like you're a huge projector screen in front of you. Obviously, you're supposed to be transported into that area uh, until you watch the video of all the Imagineers taking that four or eight K resolution camera and strapping it on the bottom of a helicopter, <laughs> flying over the landmarks of the world, seeing how they created that video. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> I need to do that. Um so I found out that there was a, a division specific to Walt Disney Imagineering called Theme Park Productions. Um, mm -hmm. And it was their in-house videography team for Imagineering who made all of the ride media. And okay, how do I get into that? And I got in touch with a few Imagineers at that point who then again pointed me back to the Imaginations competition to get my foot further in the door at Disney to Imagineering now specifically. Um, so my prompt, uh, for the Imagineering competition was create a themed experience or environment, um, that was all more or less dedicated to, um, revamping a barren place or a ghost town, um, things like that. And it can be a real life experience, uh, something based on an area that you know very well, or, uh, something that could be kind of completely contrived on your own. 
And uh, being from Michigan, there are a lot of ghost towns up in northern Michigan uh, that were formerly used as uh, timber uh, felling areas, trying to cultivate all the wood from the forests for for um, timber plants and things like that. Um, and I created my themed experience around renewable. Everything was renewable resources, uh, trying to plant back trees, and I created a museum, all, all on paper, obviously, of course, um, in this one town called D-Word in, in northern Michigan that used to be just a timber-felling mecca. And um, we did concept drawings, just like any Imagineer would. Uh, you, you go from the blue sky concept, trying to figure out what exactly you're trying to accomplish overall, just kind of throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what sticks, um, all the way down to the proof of concept. How many people are actually going to walk through this thing? What are they trying to look at? How are we going to decorate it? Things like that. Um, so I got in touch with one of my um, film buddies at Michigan State, who was also an avid illustrator, um, and he created a few proof of concepts for me. I wrote the treatment, and we submitted it on behalf of Michigan State University, who had never entered that competition before. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, Michigan State isn't a big themed entertainment school. Uh, definitely yeah. film production, but but definitely not theme parks. That's not something that you go to Michigan State to study. Um, but... Yeah, uh, we, we entered the competition. I got in touch with a few more Imagineers that way who really, really liked my submission. Um, and that went on the resume and on LinkedIn just like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so cool. Like that, yeah. uh, man, like the, the opportunity for a competition like that is so like ripe for exciting ideas. And, Absolutely. And it's really cool that you were able to get um, get the guidance to be able to navigate the, the realm. I think that's something that's, um, under, underappreciated is how much people can guide you in the right direction because you are aware of them and because they know you and they can help you along the way. And that, that sure allowed some really cool experiences for you to be able to experience. So, man, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think a lot of it was passion too, just because mm -hmm. um, I actually heard a statistic after the fact when, when I was a, uh, an eventual um, Imagineering intern, I got to judge the next Imagineering competition, which was kind of surreal. Oh. Um, yeah. That, you, you can do that if you're an Imagineer, which was very fun. You can just <laughs> apply to be a judge. Um, so I got to see the next year's submissions. But um, the statistic I learned was so many people start their application for this thing and create a team and pay whatever admission or entrance fee that there was to do that um, and then just don't submit anything. So it's it's very mm. odd how many teams actually go through that entire process not to have an end product. It's just they fell off the wagon at some point in time. But the ones that catch your eye are obviously the ones that do submit something and, and show their passion for whatever project that they eventually submit. So, um, yeah, a, a lot of Imagineers kind of looked at our submission. Okay, two people. You can have maximum of four. It was just me and my friend Devin, uh, and we just we we went at it full bore and and hopefully showed our passion in the project. And I think that's what got us noticed more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point is that you have to be willing to 
search for information and to put in the work and to find the opportunities for yourself. And you can't, and if, and if you don't have that passion, you might not even execute on it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to really, <laughs> really want it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, it becomes a class at that point. I use so many extracurricular hours on, on that project. I did not really have a social life for about three months. So <laughs> during my, <laughs> during my senior year at that. So that was a very special project. <laughs> mm -hmm. So throughout your time in school, you became an award-winning filmmaker. Could you describe to me what you were creating at that point in your life? And how did you, did you envision any of that connecting with your eventual future in themed entertainment video production? Or what was your mindset at that point? Sure. Um, I don't know that the connection was made based on that alone um, mm. to, from from the award winning side to Disney. Although I will say that my eventual boss at WDI did reference that I was award winning and he saw some of the films that I had made, which was kind of cool. But that's really the only connection that there is there. Um, again, Michigan State is one of the best film schools that you normally wouldn't think of a film school to be, obviously, um, because of the faculty connections that we have. And um, in those faculty connections, we have kind of a loose agreement with a bunch of different film festivals, especially around Michigan. Um, and one big filmmaker is Michael Moore, who is a big fan of Michigan State's film program. Um, he hosts the Traverse City Film Festival every year, which is a very, very big film festival throughout the world, not just Michigan. Um, and uh, one film from Michigan State's capstone program for film and television uh, gets premiered at that festival along with films from you know professional directors um, and, and film crews from around the globe. So you get uh, a professionally supervised film just made from a bunch of college students up against everything that kind of premieres at Sundance and and uh, and Cannes and 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 a bunch of different film festivals like that. So um, that was a very very cool experience. Um, a film that I got to work on was part of that film festival. Um, I submitted a short film that I worked on with five other students for my specific smaller group capstone class that was a documentary about drag queens in Lansing, Michigan. Um, and that won a bunch of LGBTQ film um, awards, which was very fun. Um, but ever, ever kind of since I started my film journey at Michigan State, um, I had always kind of entered my, my films into competitions just to kind of see um, what other people were making, what I was up against, uh, how I could better my films because I was watching the work of others as well, uh, and, and see if I could get some recognition for it just to further my career along that path. But yeah, uh, a couple of the bigger ones that I did make, the one that premiered at uh, Traverse City Film Festival and then um, my last documentary about the drag queens um, eventually got the notice of my boss just from looking through my LinkedIn page. Again, it goes back to LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> yep. But yeah, he, he saw that on there and was very impressed. So absolutely publish your work everywhere. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm a big proponent of that as well. I, I feel like sometimes people feel like their work needs to be like paid for at all points or there's like, there should be like really proper distribution, but I really think it should just be as accessible as it possibly can be to as many people as it can be. Cause that's the yeah. best way to provide value for people is to be able to actually see it and for yourself to be able to have 
the the means to actually reach people with the stuff you make <laughs> absolutely especially if you're not looking for money or anything like that just yeah. put it out there just put it out there people will see it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so at the end of college you've been able to create all of these movies you've had your experience at disney what led you to eventually discover there was an internship opportunity at walt disney imagineering and why did you decide that you wanted to go the internship route over attempting to find a job in Michigan or in on the coast. Sure. Um, this one, uh, I'll backtrack a little bit. It goes back to the end of my junior year. Okay. So, um, the end of my junior year, uh, my, at that time, uh, fiance now wife, Colleen, uh, sent me over a job listing um, at WDI or an internship listing for a show awareness producer because I was looking all over the Disney company in Florida just for videography opportunities. Um, and this was before the, uh, excuse me, the imaginations competition. Mm -hmm. And, um, before my post-college obsession with Imagineering, so to speak. Um, <laughs> So she sent me that listing. I was like, oh, okay, uh, a video, video opportunity with Imagineering. That's the best of both worlds. Um, so that, that was something I applied for. And um, again, I didn't have the Imaginations competition yet on my resume. Um, but I was one of the finalists for that specific position at that point in time. Uh, but the downfall uh, for me accepting that role at that particular time was I only had three months of availability. I had to come back for my final year of school because I couldn't add a fifth year onto my uh, onto my tuition bill at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. um, that was just kind of out of out of the realm of possibility for me at that point in time. Um, so I had to get that internship done in three months to come back to school for my senior year in the fall. And that was something that was caught by the eye of my boss, my eventual boss, who was interviewing me on the phone for that position in 2017, Gary Landrum. Uh, Gary is a show producer uh, with WDI, and he's a fantastic guy. And just, just my personal plug there. But um, – <laughs> So he called me up and uh, expressed that he really wanted me uh, and then this one other person uh, for this internship, but I only had those three months of availability. Do you think possibly if we were to extend your internship, because we are in dire need of videographers right now, uh, that you would be able to extend? And I said, I really can't. I just that's going to add uh, so many variables in me trying to graduate on time. So I, I just, I really can't at this point in time. He was like, okay, I totally understand. I want you, if you are still interested to keep in touch with me uh, via my email, my phone number, he gave me his LinkedIn um, in 2018. So when this mm -hmm. opportunity opens back up next year, I want you to apply for it. I was like, okay, absolutely. And that's that coming from an Imagineer was just mind-blowing for me. Um, so I entered the Imaginations competition after that, my senior year, just to bolster my resume and get in touch with more people at WDI, um, just to kind of see what I was in for. That's when, that's when I caught the WDI bug. And uh, when the time came, I was really the only candidate that Gary um, was looking for. At that time, he was like, are you still interested? I'm like, yes. And I have my full year of eligibility. I don't have to go back to college. I just graduated. I'm ready to come down. And he was like, 
you're hired. So, <laughs> so that was basically my story. Um, it, it was, it was that easy, but again, he, he saw my passion from literally a year beforehand, uh, of me actually accepting the job. And we did keep in touch every, uh, it was probably once every two months or so just to kind of check in, Hey, how's the current intern doing? Um, are, are you going to be on the right track for, for coming down hopefully, uh, this next summer? And yeah, that was that was a very, very interesting part, uh, of, of my college experience. Um, but that's, that's what led me to WDI. And, um, uh, after I graduated in May of 2018, I came down and was a show awareness producer. Wow. So what did you do in that role? And yeah, what, what was your day to day becoming when you showed up to begin working at Walt Disney Imagineering? Sure. Show awareness is obviously uh, something that's a little bit hard to kind of wrap your mind around not knowing a lot of the different Disney terminology from an internal perspective. Mm -hmm. If you're just a Disney fan, you know what show is uh, because <laughs> yep. cast members are always on stage. But what exactly is show awareness? Are you just pointing out things that happen at the parks? What 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 goes on in that respect? And yeah. um, our division uh, was show quality standards. And uh, it was comprised of different artistic people, sculptors and painters and producers uh, who maintain the upkeep and the storytelling ability highly in the parks. Um, so making sure that nothing is broken down. Um, we had different lighting designers and um, our, our biggest asset was the people who build and construct audio animatronics. That was our division. So that was a very, very fun group of people to be around. But within that show quality standard subset, we had a smaller group of about four people in show awareness. And, and in this respect, show awareness meant that you were keeping accurate documentation for everything on property, whether that was something that was being built um, currently or something that had been built in 1971 when Walt Disney World opened or even before then, the construction of the parks themselves, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. We had to make sure that there was accurate documentation both in Word, um, on page, and on video for not just press releases occasionally just to send out to the public, but for internal use as well. So future Imagineers throughout the years and, and, and years coming uh, would be able to look at the processes that these past Imagineers took and say, okay, I see how they did that. Let's replicate that project the same way. Um, so we got a bunch of different Imagineers on camera who were doing projects or had done projects previously and just got them to talk about what it was that they did. So we went around property with the camera, got the Imagineers in front of whatever they built, uh, and they just talked for an hour and a half about how much fun they had on the project, what are some special nuances that they accomplished, uh, what did they learn on the project, and what they hope to um, teach future Imagineers if they were to enhance the project in the future. Wow. Yeah. And so where do those videos go? Does that go into the the Walt Disney archive? Do some get posted on social media or is that something completely, are those types of divisions like completely separated from each other? 
No division at WDI is completely separated. Uh, they are all okay. intertwined in one form or another. So mm -hmm. uh, Show Awareness quite often worked with WDI communications. And the communications okay. department uh, was the department that dealt with putting all of the videos out on social media. But we worked with them often. If, if there was something that either they couldn't get a videographer out for, uh, they would use me as their videographer from Show Awareness to kind mm -hmm. of uh, do the videos for that and then they would have somebody else edit it all together to put on social media, or I would do the editing myself. Um, or if there was something that we, internal to uh, the WDI archives, wanted to put out on social media, if there was like a holiday or if there was an anniversary of the park, like say the 49th anniversary of Magic Kingdom and Epcot was just a few days ago now, if we wanted to post something from the opening day on social media, communications would reach out to us because we have that in our video database uh, and we would edit something together for them to post, something along those lines. But uh, all of those divisions are kind of just working together seamlessly in one way or another. Um, but we had our own internal database of just terabytes and terabytes <laughs> of, of videos, uh, press mm. releases, newspaper articles, um, dating back to the start of the company, not just Walt Disney World. Um, and, and our back room was just filled with, oh, I've got one right here, um, these two terabyte drives um, that we would just <laughs> pop into our computers. And we had hundreds and hundreds of them so yeah close to probably maybe three or four thousand terabytes worth of stuff back in our little library area um wow. but yeah it, it was it was incredible <laughs> mm -hmm. wow that that is wild so when you was your primary role then were you involved in every step of the process of documenting um certain aspects of the parks or were you primarily like a video producer? Like were your the things that you created edited down at all or were they just captured raw and saved? I'm just so curious about what the process of like is like of recording so many aspects of like the Disney parks, especially in Walt Disney World. Yeah. Um, my boss, Gary, made it abundantly clear uh, that I was not a show awareness videographer. That was okay. one thing that, that was made abundantly clear from day one. Sure, videographer is in the description of your job, but you will also be editing. You will also be acting as a producer. You will also be at, um, acting as a press release person, a communications person. Uh, you will be teaching cast members. You will be teaching Imagineers. Um, during all of the seminars that we create with our archived media. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it ran the gamut, honestly. I was kind of the jack of all trades over in the, in, in the archives department. Mm -hmm. um, and it depended on the product or uh, on the project rather, what role I actually performed. Um, but there were some projects where I would kind of step-by-step step do it all. And there were some projects where there were tons more people involved uh, and it had a much bigger budget where I was only acting as, uh, as the one role person. I only pointed the camera at this per uh, particular person and somebody else was asking the questions or it would be me and the other person. And I would have a list of questions and I would be running the camera and I had my headphones in listening to the <laughs> audio. Uh, and then I would edit it 
it down afterwards in Adobe, and then I would be the one distributing it. So there, there was a whole and scheduling all throughout that, making sure that people yeah. had accurate emails on on when to come and meet me for the video shoot, and and when and where it would be distributed, things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, a couple of the smaller ones that I'll divulge on were uh, past documentation projects, stuff that we just had nothing on record for um, that kind of slipped everybody's mind once the project was uh, being completed. Um, We had a documentation interview that needed to be done for the Polynesian bungalows when those were constructed. Uh, And while they were being built, nobody took any video, which was just kind of an oversight that we saw and we were like, "Uh, that needs to change. Um, So the Imagineer who was the art director for the bungalows, we got her on camera um, and just went through the entire process. And those aren't edited very much just because those are for internal use only. Yeah. Um, um, not a lot of that goes on social media, but if it's a small, quick thing, um, on a bigger project, say a queue refresh for big thunder mountain or uh, haunted mansion, haunted details, something like that. Uh, or one of my last few projects, um, Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway, which obviously had a huge budget since it replaced great movie ride. Yep. Um, <laughs> That that stuff, I was mainly just, uh, okay, you're going to send out one email saying that this is the time the camera is going to come and record your interview, and then you will come and bring the camera. And then some somebody else, more or less, uh, got the editing job on that one. It was just kind of me compiling raw footage, sending it over. But yeah, it, it ran the gamut, and it was a daily change out. I mean, my, my, task, list, uh, my task list was, you know... 20 or 30 items deep on some days. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, in such a large company like Disney, oftentimes it can seem like every single role is extremely specialized. And in a lot of departments and areas, it definitely is. But it sounds, oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so exciting to be able to do many things all at once, especially as someone who, like does that currently through social media and YouTube and everything writing the scripts and creating everything that, that sounds like a very exciting uh, way to have a job within Disney is getting to have so many opportunities and be in so many different realms. And I will expand on that fact just because a lot uh, I can't speak for every professional internship at Disney. College programs a little bit different, but in professional internship programs, um, if you get a leader that is willing to recognize your passion, or if you are willing to promote that passion to your leader and show them how dedicated you are to the company and to the job specifically, uh, then they will give you all of those different opportunities. Mm-hmm. That happened to me several times at WDI. So working from show awareness um, three or four times, which are the the projects that I'm most proud of at WDI that I got to work on, um, I got to uh, dance out of my realm a little bit of show awareness and work on actual park project teams, which was a different designation. Uh, those were the people that got the budget for all of the big rides and, and hotels and, and parks that they were building and things like that. Those are very specialized teams that are kind of just 
randomly selected and people are picked from different areas of, uh, well, you from graphic design are going to come in and lead the graphic design on, on Toy Story Land or, you know, whatever it may be. But those people are picked kind of at random. Uh, and a small project team that was uh, assembled for the video refresh at Living with the Land needed somebody who knew uh, videography and media changeouts. Uh, and a lot of those people at WDI, at least, uh, in media are over in California. There's not a lot of mm. uh, Florida media people just because they're so connected with the studio over there. Uh, yeah. That's where w that's where WDI headquarters is. We don't have a headquarters in Florida. We're just kind of a satellite office. Um, there are about four or five times as many Imagineers in, in California that there are in Florida right mm. now. Um, so th they weren't looking for a big budget thing just on a media refresh. They weren't changing the track um, of, of living with the land or anything like that. They were just needing a new video and they were, they, uh, kind of got me together and said, well, you're really the only person who knows the camera stuff and knows, knows how to film a video internal to WDI that does it for a living for Walt Disney Imagineering. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put you on this project team. Uh, and we'll, we'll see what you can do. And I obviously had to get approval from my boss and he was more than willing to let me venture out into this project team. And, and that, that happened on a couple different occurrences, uh, during my internship, getting, getting to put my actual work into a park rather than just keeping it mostly internal was, was a very, very cool thing. But, um, my boss absolutely facilitated that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Is, is that surreal now? Like going to living in the lands and seeing, like knowing that you were oh, like, yeah. part of it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There there are a couple different details that I always still kind of get a little bit choked up at when I'm walking around the parks now, just because I remember everything that went into it. Uh, living with the land is is my crowning achievement and will be my crowning achievement for a long, long time, <laughs> uh, just because that was my favorite ride beforehand. Um, oh, wow. It was Marty Sklar's favorite ride, thus making it my favorite ride. Um, I love what it stands for. I love the message that it tells. Plus, it's the most tranqu tranquil and peaceful place in Epcot that you will find. <laughs> um, so, yeah, getting to work on that was absolutely surreal. I still can't believe I did it, quite honestly. So mm -hmm. if you're looking at the new video in the barn uh, – <laughs> at living with the land at Epcot. That's something that I edited. So, and, and shot a quarter of, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is very fun. Um, there are some details that I did in, um, star Wars galaxy's edge, some details in toy story land and, uh, a few details over kind of after the fact, uh, in, uh, animal kingdom at, uh, Pandora, as well as something coming soon to, um, Kilimanjaro safaris. Mm. Yep. So after your time as an Imagineer, could you talk about how you've continued to work with WDI? What's yep. that process been like? Um, we were at a point at the end of my internship. Um, uh, I'll, I'll preface this with my, the end of my internship journey real quick, if you'll allow me. Sure. Um, my internship ended uh, it started on may 12th of 2018 and it ended on may 
8th of 2019, so not quite a full year. Mm -hmm. It would have been 365 days, but I was actually getting married on May 11th, 2019, and we had had that date set long before I got the internship. Um, Mm -hmm. So it got cut short by about three days. Uh, And the intent was always to try and stay connected to WDI in some form or fashion. Uh, At that point in time, WDI was kind of going through a little bit of a budget crisis, Mm -hmm. uh, preface to today when the entire company is going through a budget crisis, unfortunately. Um, So that was just kind of a precursor of, of, of things that are happening now. Um, obviously nobody could have expected the full breadth of it, but, um, Disney at that point in time in the creative sector was just trying to figure out how they would move money around. Uh, and that mean, uh, meant that there was kind of a hiring freeze for full timers. So they really weren't hiring, especially for anything in videography, just because I was literally the only video person there. Uh, and my little team of three full timers couldn't afford to bring on a fourth. The money just wasn't there with all of the projects that are going on at Disney right now for the 50th anniversary. So um, I just had to look for different options with companies that I had worked with um, at WDI while I was an intern. Obviously, WDI does a lot of contracting with outside companies. It's not Mm. just WDI making everything. Um, And believe it or not, uh, through communications, WDI communications, who we worked with to put out everything on social media, there was a company uh, called CDB Productions that I had the pleasure of working with quite a bit on my internship. Uh, And they're a video production house in downtown Orlando. And um, they have an ongoing contract with WDI for a lot of their social media and for public use content. So um, I actually went to go work with them. They had a position open, and I was kind of their Disney liaison because they didn't only work with Disney. They had a lot of other international clients um, for videography and video production work. Um, But I became their their Disney connection just because of my time at WDI, and I knew the people, you know. So um, I worked with them for about nine months until I decided that I wanted to go independent, And um, I started my own videography LLC with my connections to Disney still being in place. And I do a lot of their uh, video contract work myself uh, in the public and the internal media sector, uh, just kind of on my own. And I do work for a company now called Your Brand Voice LLC, um, which is another video production house more focused on the advertising and marketing department. But I am a 1099 through them working full time with my other clients, Disney being one of them. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, as, as someone who has gotten really intrigued in the, into the video world, um, that just sounds incredible to be able to be able to uh, be a contract a person for Walt Disney Imagineering that is that is that surreal that like that's one of the things that you're involved in (laughs) oh yeah it still is Mm -hmm. Uh, especially knowing that I get to connect with these people almost on a daily basis I mean I was there for a always I was there for a year so a lot of those people uh, weren't just my coworkers. They all became friends and, you know, close to family, especially um, my boss and one of our other, uh, well, both of our other show awareness producers. I interacting with them every, you know, 20 minutes throughout the day um, for a year was just they they did become my family. Um, 
So getting to connect with them on Facebook and all that kind of stuff after the fact, still seeing uh, that the Imagineers that are still there are being involved in these projects and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. posting about it through their little social media circles and seeing them in the media being interviewed about these projects. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I know that guy. Wait. <laughs> Not only do I know him, I've talked to him and collaborated him with multiple projects on multiple occasions. Uh, it's like, oh, my God, I, I know that dude's address because I sent him a Christmas card, you know, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. It's it's very, very odd because in, in the Disney community, WDI um, Imagineers are seen sort of almost like celebrities. Um, and mm-hmm. even if you're not in the Disney community with um, productions about building the theme parks that you see on television and stuff like that. Uh, they, they almost become celebrities in their own right that way. So it is still very surreal. It will always be surreal. Even if I go back to working for WDI as an official Imagineer full time, which I do eventually plan on, um, just, mm-hmm. it'll be down the road sometime when a little bit of normalcy is restored, obviously, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's always surreal just because it's been a dream of mine for a long time. And I don't think that feeling will ever go away. Well, that that's absolutely exciting. I'm so glad that you've gotten <laughs> into a position that you, um, that resonates with you so much and that you've gotten the opportunity to work for the company. That's really, uh, connected with you and so many other people. And is kind of in, in my opinion, the pinnacle of <laughs> themed entertainment currently yeah. in the world. <laughs> so, where do you see your journey going from here? Is is your goal to be a uh, work f- to work for Walt Disney Imagineering again? Is there a role that you like to rise to, or do you really uh, enjoy what you're getting to do right now? Where do you see everything going? Well, uh, being one of the only video production centric Imagineers uh, during my internship at that point in time, I got to work with a lot of WDI art directors for the parks. Um, There is a a leadership team for uh, all four parks and Disney Springs um, at WDI uh, that consists of an art director at the very tippy top. Uh, and then their vice president, if you will, uh, was the park producer. So it was a team of two individuals who kind of led WDI and all of the efforts of the parks themselves. And I interacted with all of those park leadership teams very, very frequently. And I got to see what went on in their day-to-day lives. And I thought it was the most exciting position that you could possibly have at WDI, just because you get to be a part of everything that goes on within the walls of your theme park. Um, So, yeah, interacting with those people a lot uh, got me inundated into their 24-7 schedule and lives. And I think that by far would be the most exciting position to have. Obviously, that's a position that you work your way up to kind of starting from the bottom. But um, at least to me, that bottom step has already been taken with the professional internship that I – that I completed. And in some respects, I think other people, especially those art directors and park producers might think that the first few steps have already been paved just because I interacted with all those people on a daily basis. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't stuck in a little bubble in my internship, which is something that I will always be so thankful for. And again, I touched on this earlier, but um, being encouraged to reach out to so many different people and do so many different projects that weren't specific to show awareness 
um, led me to be able to talk and inter interact with all of the art directors and the media people um, and get to know what it was that they did for WDI um, for work. And I, I think that experience, um, being able to know so many people, just paved the way for me to have a little bit of a step up on, on you know, perspective people trying to get back into WDI eventually, which it's great for me. And it, it is, again, surreal to say that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, so next step for me is to become um, either an assistant producer or an associate producer on either a park team or a project team. Uh, right now, obviously, there's a hiring freeze at Disney all across the board. Uh, WDI won't be hiring for any positions in a long time, which is totally fine for me right now because I love where I'm at, obviously. I hope you hear it in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, that that's the next step for uh, WDI is uh, associate producer or um, assistant producer for a park or a project team. And uh, there were talks of few months ago, like literally right before the pandemic hit uh, about possibly getting back into one of those positions. Um, but then all heck broke loose and I went a little bit of a different direction with my current company. So yeah, hoping, hoping later on down the line, but it doesn't have to be too soon. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You had to make an adjustment for the, <laughs> the circumstances that you were tossed, but yeah. Yeah. But you're you're in a good position, and it's it's incredible to hear about um, someone who's so passionate about Disney and was so involved in going to the parks for so many years actually get the opportunity to be super involved in um, in the in the creation of the parks and getting the opportunity to continue to move forward and do that in the future. That's super yeah. exciting, and I I'm glad to hear as well as someone who is you know very uh in love with the the company that it sounds like such a uh inclusive and a an exciting place to work that gave you so much responsibility i'm glad at least where you were working that it sounds like such a fantastic place to be able to uh call the place you get to work at every day <laughs> Yeah, it can't be overstated how nurturing and and, and how how challenging they were um, to at least my professional development. They mm -hmm. wanted to make sure I got everything that I wanted to put into the internship out of it. Um, and they were very, very uh, respectful and easy to work with in that right because they, they, they at one point in their lives, every Imagineer has a story like the one that I'm telling right now, um, where they were in your shoes as well. And, and there were some right steps that they took and there were some wrong steps that they took. So they want to make sure that all the people coming through the respective programs right now are taking every single right step. So they don't have to backtrack like they might've done early on in their career. Uh, and that is true with every single Imagineer that you will ever meet. Every single Disney leader at the Disney company uh, in, in theme parks will make sure that as long as you're putting in 100%, um, that you will get out at least 150. So, yeah, it, mm -hmm. it, the Disney company is such a fantastic place to work. It really is. So, finally, Josh, I want you to tell the prospective Imagineers that are listening, what you feel is the number one piece of advice that would help them follow their dreams. Mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, touched on it again earlier, but it's, it's passion. It's mm -hmm. always going to be passion. 
if there is something that you are absolutely passionate passionate about, and for me, it was making sure um, that I got that one specific internship that I applied for, um, and already having talked to the Imagineer that was eventually going to hire me on the phone and telling me that I want you to apply back again in 2018, uh, at that point in time, I kind of knew, all right, I've got this in the bag, but what if other people are applying too with mm -hmm. the same intent? What if other people are a little bit more passionate about it than I am? That's when I started uh, bolstering my resume and, and, and keeping just the thought in the back of my head that I really want to become an Imagineer. I think I will do great things as an Imagineer, and it's a dream that I've always wanted to accomplish for a long, long time. So write down that passionate statement, um, and that, that's how I got into the Imaginations competition. Um, that's how I kept making award-winning films. Um, that's how I, I kept making a motion to keep in touch with that Imagineer who I talked to month after month, making sure that I was just on the forefront of his mind uh, and, and just kind of at some junctures reaching out just to say, how's your day been? You know, how, how are things at WDI right now? Um, and uh, I'm very, very excited to keep continuing to network with you. I, I really, really appreciate this opportunity. As long as you're being passionate about everything that you want to do people will recognize that and it may not be the right people who recognize that but they will in turn pass that along to somebody else who was the intended recipient of of all of that passion that you're pouring out into the world um and that's exactly what happened to me that's that's why i got the job that i did that's how i became an imagineer um and that's that's how several of the other people that I know got into imagination or uh, imagineering as well. It was just their their outpouring of of passion. So mm -hmm. I can't stress that word enough, really. Ah, uh, well, I think I think that's incredible advice. It's the pat. If you follow your passions, you'll be able to figure out how to get into a position to be able to actually uh, earn a living doing it and doing what you actually love. I think. I think that's incredible advice, and it's super cool to hear about someone who's super involved in the early phase of their career, building up um, their way into Imagineering, and I, I wish you all the best as you continue forward doing that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've got I've got a lot of years ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're super young in the journey. You've got all the, all the time in the world to be able to achieve everything that you want to, and that's, that's for sure. It's super cool. <laughs> Well, to all of you who are listening, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And as I continue to share the stories of people who are following their passions and achieving their dreams, it'd mean a lot if you reviewed the podcast on iTunes and shared the show with a friend. Thank you so much, Josh, for being on the podcast today. It was an absolute pleasure to be able to speak to you. Thank you for having me, Isaac. I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm hoping the audience got something out of it. Uh, it was, I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think so. It's a totally new perspective to the to the show, and I'm super grateful for being able to speak to you today. To all of you fun people who are out in the world, thank you so much for listening, and have a magical day. <laughs>